Hey everybody, how are you? It's Jeff Gellman of Solid Canine Training. I'm doing this one solo tonight, so it should be interesting. I'll do my best to ask questions and give you answers all at the same all at the same time. So it should be a little bit interesting. I've got to be always looking down at the screen and then looking up. Um, do the best I can. I hope everyone's doing fantastic. Um, this show, if you're brand new, it's um, most people, like usual, ask, how do I stop? How do I stop? How do I stop an unwanted behavior? And so the only way to stop an unwanted behavior is by applying a consequence, a punisher, an intolerable consequence, a correction. You can call it what you want, but uh, you cannot stop an unwanted behavior with a reward-based system. That's how we train behaviors, which we also do. Um, most of the questions that people ask on this show are, how do I stop things? How do I stop things? So that's where you get the answer. Um, and then we also have a seminar series called Jeff Gelman Seminars, Jeff Gelman Seminars, and that you can go to jeffgelmanseminars.com and to see the tour schedule of that. And that I go around uh, right now, just the US, I can't even do Canada or overseas anymore. And uh, we do, again, pro it's called the problem solving seminar. Again, most people are so struggling with their their dog's behavior that they just can't find the answers. So many people have gone through numerous trainers, behaviorists, tried lots of different training. And unfortunately, a lot of the training is skewed not towards stopping unwanted behavior. So you need to stop an unwanted behavior and you actually have to learn how to actually properly apply a punisher. It's really, really important. There's actually a proper way to do it. Just like um, you need to properly, you know, um, uh, uh, apply a reward. There's, there's many, many ways to do um, uh, uh, um, reward-based training. It's actually done wrong a lot. And there's many ways to do correction-based training. That's done wrong a lot. So um, there's a lot of in-between as well. Then there's also state of mind stuff. And then we have our boarding train here which we do, um, dogs are here for four to six weeks for not just aggression, but aggression is my specialty. Stopping um, unwanted behaviors is my specialty, but we do start to finish, start to finish. We get a lot of dogs that are really, really struggling with a lot of issues these days. Um, the last couple of years, we've seen more nervous, fearful, anxious dogs than ever before, which is a whole nother spectrum of training, working with dogs like that. They're, a lot of them are not on the normal learning curve. A lot of them have never had a consequence before. So it's a really interesting um, thing to see these dogs that sometimes just really, really struggle, really, really struggle. So let's get right into the uh, questions. Um, Wendy says, hey, Jeff and Joelle. Yep, Joelle had to step out tonight. So she'll be back um, for the next show. Do you have any trainers in Denver? Um, email me off the air. I might know of somebody in the Denver area. I, we don't have any trainers. No, we just have everybody in Providence, Rhode Island. That's all we have. That's all we have is right in our training center. Um, how do I stop my dog from running up to other dogs, both while well, when it's on leash, just don't let it do it. Like just hold the leash. So if, you, if you're walking your dog in a proper heel, which is next to you, you only need about eight inches of slack. The dog should be healing. So watch any of our videos on how to properly teach a dog heel and don't allow it to do it. Don't allow it to do it. So that's how you do that. Off leash, that's different. You want to have um, off leash heel, off leash recall. You want to have your dog understand the no concept. You want to be able to, you know, recall your dog off high value items, such as a dog or a person. And it's not just for aggression. It's just for friendly dogs too. But you also don't know the other dog that your dog is running up to. But for starters, I would just keep your dog on a leash. Um, you can do off leash stuff, you know, where there's maybe no other dogs for now. Um, Sandy McKay, nothing. No question. It's blank, Sandy. Megan, I have a new dog who screeches with any bit of leash pressure on her neck. I'm e-collar training her as well. Can I correct with e-collar for screeching or would bonking be the best? Bonking would be the best. And a lot of folks are like, well, it's the shock collar that's making the dog do it. It's the prong collar. It's like we have dogs on slip leads. We have dogs on regular nylon collars that scream like they were being killed. Um, there are so many dogs that have literally never felt anything around their neck whatsoever. And um, they, and there's also dogs that are very, very dramatic. Like it's, it's a, the littlest bit of leash pressure, like small leash pressure lets out the hugest, hugest, hugest consequence from the dog. So 
Um, but um, bonk, bonking is going to eliminate all that stuff. No, and then bonk. And then the dog is like, what the heck was that? And I'm like, stop. What you can also do is just literally take the leash and just keep gently popping like that. Just keep gently popping like that until the screaming stops. We do that too. Um, uh, or do I just ignore it, work her through it? Yeah, if you just ignore it, you're saying that it's okay. You definitely work her through it. Definitely work her through it. Johnny Appleseed, hey, Jeff, ideas how to handle a two-month-old who hates a bath. She fights to get out. Nothing aggressive. Thank you, sir. So at eight weeks old, you don't usually see aggr aggression. You know, I mean, that's all puppy biting, which you can just eliminate with your, just your, put your finger in their mouth and push down. But, you know, a two-month, you know, an eight-week-old puppy, they don't like baths. Just make them do baths. Start out with water. You know, make sure it's the right temperature. And then just start from the rear. Work your way up. And, I mean... I can't imagine a weak old puppy is strong enough to, to break free, keep it on a leash as well. And you can get the dog used to taking baths, you know, just, just, just get, use the sprayer. If you don't have one, you can just get an attachment, just get an attachment. Um, a lot of, a lot of dogs don't like baths, but they need to take baths. So uh, my two-year-old German shepherd lately has just been wanting to sit in um, and be near her crate and seem more scared. Is there something I can do to help? Um, your dog might be injured. Your dog might be uh, stressed or anxious. So what I would do is, yeah, put a leash on your dog. And where do you want your dog? Well, I want my dog to be lying down on the floor next to me. I'm like, okay, great. You know, teach your dog place, teach your dog a downstay. Um, uh, leave the crate door uh, closed. Don't allow the dog to run into the crate. I'm a humongous fan of crates. But a lot of folks, what they do is it's their, you know, the crate is their safe place. It's like, which is great. It's wonderful. I'm glad that you have that. But I also want everywhere to be your safe place. So I want everywhere there is to be um, your dog's safe place. So what do you do? Put them in place, put them in down, and then reinforce that. And you're not correcting them for being afraid, nervous, fearful. You're correcting them for breaking a known command. All right. Um Let's see. Uh, four months, yeah, four months old, same thing. Just, just literally, just hold the dog down. Just hold the dog down. What happened, um, Caroline? I, uh, Caroline, I hi. I started my six-month-old golden doodle on eCower. I have the dog show. What number do I start her on? Thank you. So, Caroline, that's going to be the working level. Every dog is different. So, you know, depends also what you're teaching. Um, we've got, if you're part of our Patreon channel, which shows start to finish remote collar training, um, then what you've got is, uh, working level and you do something called priming CS, which is continuous dim NCS, which is non-compliance dim, and then eventually you get up to correction level, but you just want to get the, the lowest level the dog feels. You want to make sure you have tight fit. So I don't know. It could be a two, it could be a four, it could be an eight, it could be a 10, it could be a 15. Like every dog will let you know what the right level is. Um, Megan, she's on a slip lead and she screeches. She's been walked on a harness her entire life. Yeah, that's what it is. So a lot of dogs have been on harnesses their entire life um, and they feel anything on their neck. They just scream. So we correct that. We correct it. Kelly, um, how do I correct a low growl out in public, either for dogs or for people? What you want to do is um, remote cower, no, and then correct. So one of the reasons why we bonk is because it's all we're really trying to do is teach the dog no. You can't really bonk in public, though, um, for some weird reason. Um, but you can get dragged across the street, and that's, like, socially acceptable for some weird reason. Um, have your dog run off leash to another dog. That seems to be okay. But God forbid you prevent all those things, um, you're, 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 you're mean. So preventing leash reactivity, preventing aggression, preventing your dog from running away from you, all those things are bad. But allowing that dog to do it, it's like, oh, well, that's okay if my dog does that. Um, so... Uh, teaching the dog no in other contexts in the house and then on the remote collar. So your no then has value and then your dog will respect the no, which is really important. Melanie, hi Jeff, about 12 years ago, you were making the dog to a 1900 
to me for my golden retriever that ecower has now crapped out on me what model do you recommend these days wow 1900 12 years ago that's what i used to use 12 years ago but now that was before ecower technologies was actually even in business so we use ecower technologies um the the boss is comparable to the 1900 but the mini educator uh 300 is comparable to the 280 um and I would say 95% of the dogs out there that we work with are on the mini educator, um, the 280. All right. Four month old. Yeah. Johnny Appleseed. Yeah. Same thing. You know, 16 week old, just hold the dog down, hold the dog down, put it, put a leash on it and hold it down. I mean, you don't hold it down to the ground, but just like hold it still, let it thrash around a lot. Just hold it. You know, if you have another person to help, you can just, you know, control the, control the dog. Um, ben, hi, Jeff. I'm looking after my friend's four-month-old beagle. Oh, my gosh. You better be making buku bucks on that. You're looking after your friend's 16-week-old dog? That, like, inv should involve lots of cash. Um, and she won't stop whining and barking in the crate. How would you correct her for this, please? I would do, is, I would use a remote collar. A remote collar. Oh my God, they're too young. I'm like, no, no, they're not. They're not too young, you know? So, I mean, if if the dog will keep you up all night, the dog will bother the neighbors. The dog can bother your roommates. Your dog can bother everybody in the house. You can also bonk. A bonker is a wrapped up cotton towel. Bonk the top of the crate, hit the top of the crate, shake the crate, always say no first. Um, anything aversive, anything aversive. You know, a lot of people are gonna say, you know, Fill up the crate with lots of, you know, brain games and helpful things. Nah, 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 nah. It's like, no, no, you don't need to do that. I'm not, if you want to do that, go ahead. But I'm looking for the dog to relax and fall asleep. Not brain games. Brain games are for outside the crate for when it's activity time. I want you to learn how to go in your crate and do nothing. That's what I'm trying to teach you how to do that. Uh Matsu12, hi, Jeff. I have a reactive bulldog with neck issues, so I can't use prong slip lead. Is it possible to train using harness and e-collar? Yes, it is. Any tips for training with this setup? So you're going to be used, teach, you're going to watch the video on spatial pressure. Watch the spatial pressure video. And between that and the remote collar, you'll do great. You'll do great. So the dog can't have anything, you know, slipping around, uh, pulled on its pulled on its neck. So which remote collars don't do? at all. They don't do it all. All right. Um, judgment 60. Do you have any tips on how to get owners to actually practice or use advice you give? Thanks. You guys are awesome. So I think this is the thing. Owner compliance is the hardest thing. Owner compliance is the hardest thing. And it's, just, it's no different than this. I mean, anybody can pay 10 bucks a month at Planet Fitness. I do. Actually, I do the $20.99 because $20 I travel. Um, but, but you still got to show up. So anybody can say, oh yeah, you know, I joined Planet Fitness and it didn't work. I'm like, but you went, you weren't there. You didn't go. So how do you get owners to, to comply? Number one, you want to make the training as simple as possible, as a no-brainer as possible. Teach the owner how to turn it into a lifestyle. So it's not as tedious and laborious, but it's going to be tedious and laborious at the beginning. You know, it's, 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 it's going to be. So I think that you want to give them encouragement. You want to make sure you've got success. They don't like long drawn out protocols. They don't want to have to go to 30 classes to get even simple results when three could be enough by with effective training. Um, don't move away from tools because tools will help leverage owners lack of skill set just because you have the skill set that doesn't mean they've got the skill set um hi jeff what's the best way to get a dog from rushing out the front door client is a two-year-old jack russell terrier um there's a couple of things you can do barrier um barrier training uh, gary wilkes has a great literally uh doorway kit it's a little kit you can buy on Look up Gary Wilkson on his website. He's got a little kit there. It utilizes a piece of colored rope. And then you got to pick up, I think, or maybe it comes with some little like um, light 
thing where if they break the light, it makes an alarm and then you would bonk and then the dog respects the rope and then eventually you phase the rope out, but then you can use the rope anywhere. So know the dog learns how not to cross the rope, just like underground fencing works, just like underground fencing. Uh, I got bumped, I got bumped, I got bumped. Um, come on. Uh, would it be a good idea to get a second dog if my dog is now 15 months? Yeah, 15 months old, as long as your dog is trained you know, and well-behaved. I should not even just say trained, but well-behaved. Yeah, 15 months, even if it was a year old, a one-year spread is good. But if 15 months old, you'll pretty much have a good idea of your dog. I mean, also, I don't know, is your dog dog aggressive? You know, I mean, if you have a really social dog, absolutely. Absolutely. I love multi-dog households. I love multi-dog households. Um, Johnny Appleseed says, thank you, sir. We'll keep working with her. Um, Carolyn Caprio, recall and don't jump. Don't jump is going to be high. That's going to be a high stim. So that just goes up. You turn it up high and you just make jumping suck. So that doesn't take much training. Lily, have you have your dog on a leash? Have someone like walk up to your dog. Oh my gosh, I love you. You're so great. And then all of a sudden, you know, the dog will jump and you correct it. And a lot of people will say, oh, that's mean to do because you're all excited. I'm like, so is everybody else that's going to see your dog. They're all going to run up. You have to dummy proof your dog. You've got to think about every situation that's going to happen out there in public and duplicate it and duplicate it. And then what you get is you get a dog that is going to go, I'm not falling for that excited human trick. No, I don't jump. I will sit here politely. That's step two, by the way. Teach them a sit, to proper sit. A lot of people, what they're doing is they're teaching the sit first. No, teach the don't jump first. Then you can teach the sit or the lie down or the stand or the just walk around. Um, as far as recall, that's a longer, much longer, longer process. And I've got, there's a video on social media on YouTube for free, as well as our Patreon page on how to teach um, recall. What's the safest collar harness for a Belgian male? Well, not a harness. I mean, if you're going to do bite work, there's numerous harnesses out there, and I would talk to your bite work person. But, but the safest collar is actually a prong collar. It's a prong collar. As barbaric as it looks, it is the safest collar. Every other collar chokes the dog. Prong collars are designed not to choke the dog, ah, excuse me, not to have any tracheal damage whatsoever. They're designed that way by design. They look barbaric, but they're not. They're not. Um, but if you've got yourself a mal, I would definitely make sure you get, if you don't know how to train that dog, you find a trainer ASAP because males are intense. They are intense, intense, intense dogs. Same with Dutchies, like way more intense than a German Shepherd. So be, be prepared, be prepared to teach that dog how to actually work, but also teach that dog how to do nothing. The biggest thing is I'm all for exercise. I love to exercise my dogs, but what a lot of people are doing is they're trying to tire their dogs out and it's good, you know, you know, a fair amount of exercise, but now you're building an athlete, which is nothing wrong with that if your lifestyle warrants that. But what a lot of people are not doing is teaching a dog how to do nothing. And that doesn't mean they're going to be lazy. It means they're just like, you go in a crate and you lie down and you rest. Um, Elmway just wanted to send some love. Oh, thank you. Love you too. Love you too. Love you back. Crixis, to all you hitters out there, I have a reactive dog. I've been embarrassed, hopeless, frustrated, overwhelmed, lonely. Thanks for all your help. Love you, man. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, there's another hit piece coming out on me. I put it up on, uh, if you're not familiar with it, just check out my Facebook page, check out my Instagram page. And um, it explains it all there. Just all these people just like putting out hit pieces on me. Just like, it's all one-sided stuff. It comes across supposedly as journalism, but it's not. It's all agenda-driven stuff. Jeff, the dog abuser, Jeff hurts animals. You know, you know, Jeff doesn't know what he's doing. You know, da 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 It's like, please, 20 years, 10,000 dogs, saving dogs around the world. It's like, it's getting, it, it's getting old. I used to never respond to it, but now it's like, I'll just put it right out there front and center. I'll put it right out there. So, yep, you can respond. Person's, you know, 
person's uh, email address is right there. Share your success story. Share your success story. So whether I helped you on the podcast, help you in person, help you with my free videos, but this whole narrative that Jeff is this mean animal abuser, blah, 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 blah. And he throws cotton towels at dogs and hurts them, which is like total bullshit. But it's, it's, it's so it's tiresome because it scares away people that actually need help that won't get help and they'll end up killing their dogs. This we know for a fact, this we know. Um, Wendy, have a Frenchie issue. Kibu hates Frenchies. Um, Frenchies can be rough, man. They can be screamers. Had two separate Frenchies attack him and owners couldn't control them. Jeez. Now every Frenchie Kibu will load. Wish I could bonk on the walk when approaching a Frenchie. Um, you know, I mean, this is the thing. It's like, you know, chances are, I mean, Frenchies can't kill dogs. Actually, I knew a pack of seven of them that, six of them that almost killed their seventh dog in the house, though. That was like a pack attack on their own house um there was a pet sitter there um it didn't happen but but the thing is is if your if your dog runs up to you know if your dog runs up to a friend she runs up to your dog and attacks it like your dog could you know kill it that's no fun or a dog fight now you're in the middle of a dog fight so whenever off-leash dogs run up to my dogs um i just use my feet and people be like oh my god you kick dogs i'm like well context please you know, not for obedience, but for a dog running up to my dog. Of course I do. Dogs are killed. I mean, dogs are killed on walks. Dogs are put in the hospital by, by dogs all the time. Um, I didn't start following you from the very start. Hope Joel's okay. Oh yeah. Joel's fine. Yeah. She's fine. She's needed the night off. I follow her on Instagram and she's fantastic. I follow you when you speak sense. Keep up the good work, Jeff. Thanks, Thomas. Nat says, hello. Hello, Nat. How are you? Um, Brianna, do you have any suggestions on the best way to breaking up fights within the house? My two GSTs have started fighting over toys. So we have completely took toys away in the house and I'm only doing supervised toy time. So what I would do is this teach both of those dogs, the out command O U T. I've got a free video on that. It's used, um, for resource guarding, but it's also used to move dogs away from each other. So, um, also what I would do is incorporate a lot more structure in your house, make sure you're doing structured downtime, structured, you know, structured training, hold your dogs accountable. Nothing in life is free. Um, obviously obedience, train your dogs to know stuff and then also correct any loading. Loading is, is the look the dogs have in their eyes when they're about to do something, usually in your case, aggressive, and you would correct that. You would correct that. So there's a lot of misinformation out there that that'll make the dog, you know, even, you know, more, more aggressive. And that's just false. No, it won't. Dogs already aggressive. Like, here's a great example is like, like this narrative that it makes corrections, make dogs more aggressive. Here's a great example. You know, Brianna comes to Brianna comes to, to me for helping with their fighting dogs. They've never met me before. They're already fighting. Like they're already aggressive. So whatever I do is not going to make them more aggressive. It's going to actually stop their aggression. And then a lot of people will say, you know, oh no, you're just suppressing the behavior. It's like, yep. Step one is we suppress the behavior. It's not a bad thing. There's a difference between oppress, repress, suppress. Look it up. So you absolutely want to suppress the behavior and then teach the dogs what you want. But until you stop that unwanted behavior, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. Melanie says, thank you. You're welcome. Um, Ida, I found out that animals are being attacked by spiritual entities. I've been binding evil spirits away from my dog, my home and me by, in the name of Jesus, I cast them into the depths of the sea. Um, well, that is very, very interesting. And um, I hope it works for you. Um, Melanie, thank you. You're welcome. Elway, um, love the mini ed educator. Yeah, mini educator is a great, great conversation um, tool. Like literally have a conversation with your dog. I, I really look at remote collars as conversation tools. It's a great way to communicate with your dog. Literally like whether it's right in front of you whether it's up to a mile away with some of them, whether it's in a different room, um, you can teach a dog 
every obedience command. You can stop unwanted behaviors. You can really, really help a dog that's anxious and fearful. That's a, that's the part that blows a lot of people away is that remote cowers are fantastic for helping um, people with uh, helping people, helping dogs with stress, anxiety. It blows people away how, how you can really start breaking that pattern. Um, George, hi, Jeff. My golden drops to the ground almost every time we see other dogs on walks. That's play, by the way, most likely. Should I anticipate these moments and correct when I see it starting? Usually drops down and you can see the emotion building and he lunges. So historically, that's that it could be stalking behavior, but a lot of times that is actually pre-play. So yes, correct it. Correct it. Move your dog along. It's like, come on, move along, buddy. Keep walking. Keep walking. Nothing to look at. Nothing to look at over there. Nothing to look at over there. Susie. Hi, Jeff. Can you just can you just come stay with us for a few weeks and help us with our seven-year-old mixed terrier? LOL. Um, yes, I can. Yes, I can. It will be very, very expensive, but I can absolutely do that. I actually thought about doing that once in my career. I've been talking training for about 20 years. Mm, I think maybe. Maybe 12 years ago, I actually crossed my mind to do that concierge dog training where I stayed at your house for a week. And I like did everything with you and your dog and trained your dog and trained you and then did the whole routine. It was going to be, I mean, it would be like at least, you know, five back then, probably $5,000, you know, now it would be, you know, at least, you know, $10,000, you know, um, but nope. I don't have time now. Still working on dog reactivity and barking when someone knocks on the door. So that's one of the, I don't want to say easier ones, but how do you stop a dog from barking at the front door? You've got to make it suck. Like you can stop that in one session, Susie. I'm telling you, you can stop it in one session. So let the dog race to the front door, race to the front door, correct it high. That's how you stop it. So many people struggle with that behavior. So many people. One good correction, it goes away. Lindsay, while walking my dog, she will begin to load when she sees another dog. Very, very common. I use the e-cow, which helps, but then she looks to me. I say no to reaffirm the e-cow, but she keeps looking and whining. But when she looks at you, don't say no. So it's no and then remote. You might be underwhelming the dog too. So it sounds like it's sort of working, so it sounds like your dog is understanding it. And then the whining is, the, the, the looking and the whining is the lack of exploding. So it sounds like you're getting there. It sounds like you're getting there. So I would probably correct a little bit. So no, correct a little bit higher. When the dog looks at you, it's like, good, 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 good. All right. Lindsay, I'm doing the right, oops. Am I doing the right thing or should I just ignore and keep walking? Um, don't ignore the loading because if you ignore the loading, you're saying, um, you're telling your dog that, that it's okay. You're telling your dog it's okay. Always remember that. Um, da -da 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 -da. I've been bumped. Wow, by a lot. Hold on, guys. Um, flutter by soon. I worry about the prongs of the remote collar injuring my dog's neck when playing rough with my other dog, but I used to mellow her play. Thank you. No, it won't. I mean, a dog. the biggest danger, the biggest danger of a dog with any collar on, a flat buckle collar, so two dogs with flat buckle collars playing, and one of them bites the dog's neck just for play, you get this lower jaw underneath the collar. And what happens then is chances are a dog's going to die. Usually the dog um, on the bottom that's getting choked. And then you try to break it up, you get bit. You get bit. So theoretically, dogs should be off collar when playing. But if you're trying to use the remote to like... Up, oh, that's enough, guys. Stop. Then there's there's always a risk. There's always a risk. But the contact points on the, if it was a prong collar, 
absolutely not take it off. Those absolutely can lock onto each other. But if it's the remote collar, it's about the same risk as a flat buckle collar. But the, but the contact points aren't going to hurt your dog. They're going to hurt your dog. Okay. Um, E-collar wrist prong for dog aggressive dogs. I mean, this is the thing. Rehabbing, yes, you'd use those tools, but you also would use food. You also use spatial pressure. You also use massive amounts of dog rehab knowledge. Like no tool is going to stop dog aggression. Massive amounts of rehab knowledge is going to stop dog aggression. It's going to stop dog aggression. There is so much involved in rehabbing dog aggression. So it's not just push a button, pop a chain for dog aggression. There's a lot involved. It's a very, very lengthy process. It's a very lengthy process, just to give you a heads up. Um, Doe, my dog barks at my, at my friend when she comes to my house. Stiff body language, bows and lunges in the crate. That's not good. Do I mark with no and correct with collar or bonk crate? Sending love from Europe. Uh, no, and then remote. No, and then remote. And, and so many people will be like, no, then the dog will like have a negative association with the human at the door. This is said all the time. And I'm like, oh. the dog's already doing the behavior. Again, we don't go up to well-behaved dogs and correct them. Like this narrative, it's like, again, the show is based on a lot of correctional-based stuff because we're trying to stop all these unwanted behaviors. But the dog's already doing the unwanted behavior. It, the dog's not going to have a negative association with a crate or a negative association with a person walking through the door. Why? The dog already has a negative association with a person walking through the door. That's why it's behaving that way. That's why you would correct it. Kate, hi, Jeff. In your view, how should a puppy be socialized? I am of the opinion that greeting humans and especially dogs on leash produces unwanted behaviors. How would you suggest, suggest socializing a puppy? So for socializing a puppy, off-leash play with safe dogs is the best way. And then for humans, it's um, a human could sit on the ground and you can sort of like pass the dog around, like have somebody go, hey, puppy, puppy, puppy. Puppy comes over, feed him a little bit of kibble. And this is also, this is like goes from like eight weeks to like 16 weeks old. And it's like, hey, puppy, puppy, puppy. And it's like everybody sort of like passes the dog around sort of, but you don't literally physically pass it around. You just like call the dog over to you. And then you start getting to the age where you want your dog to start ignoring people, actually. You can still have interaction, play with people, but you know, some of the biggest leash reactive dogs we deal with are dogs that actually are the friendliest. They're just so excited that they want to see people. So Flutter by soon. Um, thank you. Um, she gets belly rubs when it's time to settle down. Jasmine, I have a dog that works fine with a prong, but when it's on a flat collar, wants to jump, barks, whines at dogs and humans, doesn't want to listen, seven months old. Should I counter condition um, it? You can start counter conditioning it or keep the prong on and do more training. It's only seven months old. A lot of bad behavior is going to escalate. So my question to you is, why would you take off the tool that works? But you're also actively training. You're not just like saying, here's a tool and I'm not going to also actively train. You also actively pro, you know, tr train proactively train to eliminate these behaviors. But why get rid of a tool that's working? We're trying to get rid of problems. Like, don't worry about the tool right now. Um, I don't know why people can't see the influence you have on dogs you work with and even just with your free videos, but honestly, haters going to hate. So this is the thing, Elme, because they don't care. They're not interested in the truth. They have an agenda. They have a narrative. They don't care about the success stories. They really don't care. These are folks that that are that enjoy destroying people's lives. And it go, all goes back down to self-worth issues of them. That's what it boils down to. They have such an incredible lack of self-esteem and self-worth that they feel that by destroying others, it increases their value. Psych 101. That's what it boils down to. Because nice people don't do these things. They don't. 
They just don't do these things. People that are secure with themselves, they don't do these things. They don't try to destroy other people. And, and they're using they're using the love of dogs, the love of dogs as their excuse. Well, if you love dogs so much, come into my arena and rehab aggressive dogs with me. Come into my arena and work with difficult dogs. But you can't. But you can't do that. So you're not in the same arena and all you know how to do is bash other people. It's beyond obvious. It's beyond obvious. So, um, so sad. Saw a beautiful shepherd that was turned into um, our shelter. It can't be around other animals. I, I have a couple rescued already, or I would possibly take a Jeff. You are awesome. I have a friend who took your classes and he rehabilitates lots of dogs now. Thank you. Yeah, there's a lot of great dogs. A lot of great dogs that are turned into shelters. I mean, and I get it. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people. The last, the last two years have been rough for people, and I, I try, I try to have as much empathy as I can for folks. I really, really do. Um, everyone's got a different situation. This is the thing. Like, you, you never know what someone's situation is. You just don't. You just don't. But I can see in rescue, it's in. If you're in a shelter, it's easy to get jaded. It is. It is. I mean, your life is filled with like people turning into their dogs, but also. Hopefully your life is filled with people finding wonderful pets as well. So, um, Gyalmo, 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 ah, ah, my God, my Italian is terrible. We just adopted, um, a four, it's, it's a four day, very progressive. So for, let's see, my pit bull of eight months is startled by anything, almost scared, like any advice he, he walks, but doesn't walk with confidence, tail up, head up. So what I want you to do is, you 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 flood the dog with guidance. So people say flooding is bad. It's like, well, put that into some context. It's like, I'm not just throwing you out there outside to deal with that on your own. I am also there. So stay in a heel and walk. When you start doing that, what you do is you build confidence in the dog. 499 Top Chat, the Noble Dogs. Um, hey Grant, how are you? Long time no here. When should I introduce? When should I introduce um, out with remote cower? If I do private lessons, I typically like to wait until the dog knows Tom extremely well. Um, you can do it first session. Because sometimes people, like, if they're dealing with resource guarding, you want to eliminate that right away. You can actually teach out, um, get away from people before you teach recall. You can do that or do it at the same time. You know, recall out. You know, probably not in the same day, but, you know, scattered scattered days. Because if a dog's got resource guarding issues, you definitely want to teach out. Um, Katie, hey, Jeff, what's the best way to condition puppies around their food or bones to make sure they aren't resource guarders? Have them always default wait for, I've got a video on that, on the out command. Um, default wait for the food, put it down, wait till they hear break, and then teach them the out command. Out command means whatever's in your mouth, drop it and move away. Um, ben Draper, I... Hi, Jeff. I put a mini educator e-cower on her and corrected her at 40 and she still won't shut up when I go higher. Thank you so much. Yeah. Check for fit though. Check, make sure it's nice and tight, but, but you might want to bonk the dog too. You can actually take the dog out of the, I imagine you're talking about that barking beagle. So this is the thing. Dogs that are, dog, for, if it's not fit right, 40 doesn't mean anything. And some dogs don't care, but also look at the dog, like see how it's responding. And we use Nick not continuous on that for barking. Andrea, hi Jeff, we live in a rural neighborhood and take um, our 19 month old Pyrenees Anatolian Shepherd for a walk one two times a day. Have we neutered her closer to two, so unaltered still, which is fine, but actually mild-mannered. Problem is most other dogs in our neighborhood are free roaming. Yes, they are. We've been having problems lately with a few that will rush at us. He handles it well and doesn't get mad at them until after they start to growl first. Do you think carrying a stun type stick would be a good idea? I don't want it to be. So I don't want your dog to become leech reactive. You can carry bear spray, carry a hiking stick. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the last thing you want is an Anatolian shepherd, great Pyrenees getting into a dog fight. That's not a good situation. That's not a good situation. So off leash dogs, you know, you know, nobody wants to harm a dog so, but I don't want off-leash dogs attacking my dog. And they will. And they will. And then then your dog will have 
leech reactivity, and then you'll be struggling on eliminating it. That's how, so that's the only way it happens, but that's a very popular way that it happens, that it happens. Laura, do you have any videos on excessive barking? I'm having issues with my um, American Staffordshire Terrier. Yeah, I just get a bark collar, a remote collar, or a bonker. No, correct. So, is that Laura? So, Laura, how do you stop unwanted barking? You have to learn how to apply a punisher. Always say no first, then there's a consequence. So, no, and then just just make a look up a, look up bonker. How to make a bonker on my YouTube channel? No, and then bonk. But a remote collar is great. For, for, for that as well, okay? Um, Colette, would you let an older tolerant dog correct an overly annoying playful pup? Yes, yes I would, yes, absolutely. And if it doesn't, I would correct the puppy. Someone's gotta correct the puppy. A lot of dogs don't like puppies, high energy, getting in their face, jumping all over them. So someone's got to tell that puppy to chill out. Hopefully a dog does it. And as long as your dog does it fairly, like doesn't like literally, you know, attack the dog, then it's fine. Chris says, thanks for doing these. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for, thanks for joining. Yasin, what's a more effective teaching a resource guarding dog, the out with a prong or remote, remote collar? I like, I like to do the remote collar for that one because it's, it's safe, it's safer to do. And it can be more effective. And you can also use you can also use spatial pressure as well. Whenever you're doing out with a remote collar, don't just do a physical out like they back away. They're mentally out. We demonstrate that at all of our seminars. We demonstrate that at all of our seminars. Um, ah. Bump, 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 bump. Where are you? Where are you? It was Janet. Janet, hi, Jeff. What if the dog running towards my dog off-leash was big and muscular? This hasn't happened yet, but once a big dog on-leash ran towards us, growling and dragging its owner, after a bit of a struggle, its owner stopped it before it reached us. I don't think I can kick it. What else can I do? Get a hiking stick. Get a hiking stick. Get bear spray. And if, and if it's on the end of a leash with an owner, it's like, scream at the owner. I'm going to I'm gonna mace your dog. I'm going to mace your dog. I'm going to mace your dog. Get control of your dog. you got every right to. You have every right to protect yourself, your children, and your dog. I've seen dogs killed on walks. I've had colleagues that have told me that, yep, we were out for a walk and not just colleagues, but social media people, um, people at seminars. Yep, went out for a walk and my dog was killed by an off-leash dog. It happens all the time. Every show we get a handful of people, sometimes more, with like, everybody has a story about an off-leash dog attacking their dogs. When we, we have dogs that go after our, our, our born and trained dogs, we got to kick these dogs away. Is it fun? No. Do we enjoy it? No. But we have an obligation to protect the dogs in our care. We have an obligation to protect ourselves. Megan. Um, where'd you go, Megan? We were surrounded by three sides by neighbors with barking dogs. Two of them are dogs. We've had fence fights with, have made some progress with e-collars, but our dogs always gets alerted whenever neighbor dogs bark. Correct the alertness. I think you just said the uh, answer is in regards is to stop door barking, correct high, struggle to correct high enough for the first time. Yeah, just say no and correct high. Um, Carrie says, hi, Jeff. Carrie from Canine Command in Washington. Hope all is well. Love watching your Q&As. Oh, how are you? Hey, Carrie, how are you doing? Hope everything's going well. Things are rocking over here. Things are rocking over here. Melissa, someone is fostering my dog for a few months with cats. How would you fix chasing cats if you can't set them up? The cats are too afraid to come out when I'm there and foster family is too busy. Um, I guess it's not going to happen, but you got to set them up. You got to set them up. Bring your cat down. We, we would put the dog into avoidance. But if it's only for a few months, I mean, I mean, I don't want the cats to have to live upstairs, but I mean, there's cats that live in studio apartments. They do fine, right? So upstairs isn't the worst. Litter boxes up there, foods up there, waters up there. They lost a little bit of freedom in their house. You know, maybe if they create the dog, that the, the cats can come down. But usually, we put dogs into avoidance, meaning you're not going to go near that cat, or there'll be a there'll be a high consequence. Um, Audrey, um, hi, love. Ah, 
Love and thank you for all the great advice. How can I correct whining as we get ready for the walk? Bonker will do that. My great trainers figured out that workout outfit, running shoes. Yep, they got all they they got so many cues. You put on certain shoes, the dog gets excited. Put on your work shoes, dog runs in the crate. They know. They just they just know. So whining, no correct. Some people are like, well, do I wait the dog out? Wait the dog out. 45 minutes have gone by. You could have gone on your walk and back. Could have gone on your walk and back. So absolutely um, correct that. Also, um, Melissa, also, I've um, I've always dreamed of working with you. How would you go about applying for work at Solid Canine? Um, you can email us, Jeff at Solid Canine Training. Jeff at Solid Canine Training. We're not hiring right now, but we might be. Lisa, uh, we had a jog. We had a dog choked to death on a martingale. We went away overnight and the dogs were playing with each other. The martingale got caught on one of the other dog's mouths and unfortunately it choked to death. So yes, collar safety is very important. Yeah, Lisa, I'm so sorry about that. It's a horrific, it's horrific to, 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 to witness, that's for sure. And um, it just sucks. And, you know, it just sucks. It just sucks. I mean, that, that's the thing with animals is like animals die. It just sucks. They die in so many different ways. They die in so many different ways. And it's just, it's, 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 ne it's never, it's never, it's never good. It's never good. Even if it's like a highly, highly aggressive dog that like bites kids and bites dogs and you have to put it down can't be rehabbed. You have to put it down. It still sucks. You know, it still sucks. Um, Lori, is it necessary to uh, clip ears on a uh, Corso puppy? Also train the same way as any other dog. Is a big breed puppy going fast? There's okay. So cl clipping the ears, is that's per that's personal choice, I would imagine. I would talk to the breeder about that. Um, as far as training the other training it like another dog, it does grow very, very fast. Those dogs get big real fast. So yeah, training like any other dog, it takes a, takes, historically it takes a pretty firm owner to train a Corso, to own a Corso, any, any of your big power breeds. Um, so the more obedience, the more rules, the more structure, consequences, run wants to behavior, you know, just like any other dog, you know, I'm a pet dog trainer. So you know, that's what, that's what we, that's what we want to do. $10 from Paris. Hi, Jeff. How should I correct my dog with e-cow when walking by another dog? He gets very reactive with some dogs and will redirect at me at times. I know. Other than that, he's very structured and obedient. So that's what happens a lot. That's what happens a lot. It's funny because there, there's that one edited video. I mean, we made the original video of me bonking that black dog, but that's like a two second clip. You don't see the whole 20 minute video. That also has the, a narrative. It just makes it look like I'm bonking a dog just sitting there. But the story is the dog would see a bicycle and bite its owner. It's called redirection. It's very common that dogs redirect. They redirect on humans. They redirect on, on, on other dogs next to them. Because if they can't get to what they want, boom, they turn right to the, they turn right into the handler. So what you want to do is you want to look for loading and you want to correct to the first signs of find signs of loading. Um, if the dog is, um, if the dog is still nipping you, muzzle it up and then correct for trying to nip you. Um, doe, uh, when you say correct my dog for barking at my friend in the crate, do you mean no, then Nick at high level or stem for three seconds? Nick at high level. Kate, um, but if that doesn't work, try stemming for three seconds. Like, the remote collar, it's like, do it, do this though, figure out what works and stick to it. Cause sometimes you have to experiment. Sometimes you have to experiment. That's the thing about remote collars. I mean, a lot of stuff is like semi textbook, but there's other stuff that it's like, we got to figure this. We got to figure this one out. Kate says, thank you. You're welcome. Kate, Christy. Hey, Christy, how are you? Hi, Jeff. My dad died and we had to take in his 90 pound mix. Oh God, I'm so sorry. That's terrible. Um, I'm nice that you took in the dog, but trouble that your dad died. He has crate cage, crate cage bed aggression. We'll get rid of the bed right away. We have our house divided in half because we have four dogs and a cat of our own. We have teenagers in and out and have to lock him up in the laundry room or outside because we don't know if he'll bite them or not. 
no rescue groups were taken, not even the one dad got him from. So we are stuck with him and need to help him learn to be around people. He has been, he has been here for a year and we need to make it work. Okay. I offer one-on-ones. You can go to my website, sallycaninetraining.com and go to my, go to shop and you can purchase a one-on-one. I mean, things like this are intense. I need like lots of information, you know, lots of information, but instead of locking the dog in a room, just get it in a really strong crate, trying to socialize your, this one dog, which is 90 pounds, which we don't know enough about with your four existing dogs. That's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. So you would do one dog at a time, but then you've got to know the nuances on how to actually introduce dogs, how to introduce dogs. Puppy at eight weeks old, Corso. Yeah, I mean, eight weeks old, it's all it's all um, food stuff. So an eight-week-old dog, other than biting and jumping, whining and barking, it's all reward-based. Tons and tons and tons of reps of all, just use the dog's daily food. And we just do tons of reps, sit, down, place, kennel up, tons of recall, um, a lot of uh, uh, confidence building things, over, under, through things, tons and tons of that. Teach it your, your markers, your yes, no markers. Cheryl, hi, when using the e-cower to break fixation or to leave something alone um, or even to layer over known obedience commands, do Simon, so two different things there, two different things. Um, even to layer over known obedience commands, do you simultaneously press stim and say verbal at the same time and never know what's the correct method? Okay, so two separate things, two separate philosophies. One is behavior mod and one is obedience, all right? It's all dog training, but I like to break it down. To stop the fixation, you can say no first, then consequence. You always want to do that. To layer over an existing command, you actually just have to teach the dog what the remote cower is. So with our program, we do something called priming, CS, NCS, and then you get up to correction. And our, our we've got videos on that on YouTube, but on our Patreon channel, do-it-yourself playlist, we have um, Ange. We have we have uh, uh, start to finish on how to use the remote collar. There's actually a formula to do it. it actually, it's actually a pretty long process to do. A lot of people think you know the remote collar is like easy, a shortcut. It actually takes a while. It actually takes a while. Um, Michelle says, absolutely agree. Okay. Um, Corey, hello, my four-year-old dog was diagnosed with PTSD is on med. Should I start from scratch when it comes to training? He's wonderful, but he does not have a lot of, he does have lots of fear aggression. I would, I would like to know who said your dog has PTSD. I'm not going to say it's not possible, but I'd like to know because it could just be like nervous, fearful, anxious behavior. It could just be bad behavior, but I would, I would probably stop that narrative and I'm not discounting PS, P, PTSD in humans. We're, we're talking about dogs here. So what I would do is, um, and then for fear aggression, fear aggression is often misdiagnosed and it's just aggression. It's aggression, aggression. It's not necessarily fear, but even if it was, it's still aggression. So it still has to be fixed. So do you start from the beginning? Well, the more structure you have, the more uh, uh, consequences for un uh, unacceptable behavior. Obviously, you reward for what you want. You have a structure. You have a routine. You hold back a little bit of affection. Um, you you do have a life, do stuff with your dog, make dog training your life. That doesn't mean that's all you do is dog training. It means like right now I've got three dogs all lying down doing nothing because I'm doing a podcast. So theoretically, that's training. I mean, what else would they do is walk around this office? No. Um, T-Man 55 Free, I have a question for you. I have a Yorkie puppy and I have a three-year-old GSD. What is the best way for them to meet? Um, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know the dogs. Safely is the snarky answer, but I don't know the dogs. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know the behavior of the dogs. So, and then I don't know your skill set. And then I don't know if you can recognize the difference between, you know, good behavior and bad behavior. So how do you have them meet safely? I know, smart ass answer, right? 
So I would need more, way more context on their dog's actual behaviors. It's like, oh yeah, the German Shepherd kills little dogs. I'm like, they shouldn't meet, you know. Chris, my son was unexpectedly bitten when he was out with his dog and another dog went after his dog. He stepped between, yep, that's always how you get bit, hence the bite. What's the best approach when a dog suddenly tries to attack your dog so you don't get bit? Kick hard, kick hard, and usually kick the underbelly. You can go for the head, but when you got these powered breed dogs, they don't really care about that. That just pisses them off. But the underbelly, that can put them out of commission. And again, it's like, Jeff says, to, you know, I can see the narratives now. Jeff says to kick dogs. I'm like, all right, guys. Like any rational human being, I would ask you this simple, simple, simple question. People will say you should never kick a dog. Oh my God, that's, that's horrific to do. I've got a simple question for you. If a dog came running down the street and latched onto your child and would not let go, what would you do? It's a very simple question. It's a very simple question that would warrant a split second response from any rational human being. So all these people out there that are saying, I would never hit or kick a dog. A dog is latched on to your child. What would you do? Simple question. It happens a lot. So what would you do now if a dog, off-leash dog, just ran up and latched onto your dog? Again, what would you do? Are we still going to go with that never hit a dog, never kick a dog? Let's have some context. The problem is nobody puts anything in the context. Everybody has just, they put out these blanket statements without actually understanding the context or the rules or the situation. Like, oh, I would, what? So what's someone going to say? I would leave, I would use the least invasive thing to, to not harm the other dog. Are you fucking serious? If a dog was biting my dog or biting my child, I would use the most invasive thing to get it to stop. Wouldn't we all try to save our dog's life and our child's life? Or are we going to like be snowflakes about it? It blows my mind how people don't automatically go to, oh, I would do the most invasive thing. That's not mean either. Like there are situations here. What would you do if a human was attacking your child? Oh, I would try to have a discussion with them about how that's wrong. You're fucking kidding me. Thank you from Mata. Sarah, four month old puppy wants to go outside using the front door. The moment I grab her leash, she runs and hides in the crate. I don't, I can't get her outside. She won't take the treat. She loves, no, she won't. She seems terrified to go out the front door. So this is what you're going to do. What I want you to do is close the crate door. Or don't close the crate door, but I close the crate door. But then again, she might go hide underneath the couch. So if she's in the crate, get yourself a slip lead. Tip the crate. When she comes to the front, put the slip lead on the dog. Bring the dog out. Attach the leash. Walk out the front door. Aaron. What do you guys think about the puppies puppies and raw food? Big fan. Is it normal for them to just naturally guard their food at this age? Um, not raw food, but all food. Yeah, dogs guard food, and you can correct that easily with the out command, bonker, remote collar. Um, we have a couple puppies now that range from mild growling to full-on guarding their food, and they are three months and eight weeks. So um, in eight weeks, you don't use a remote collar. Three, three, three months, out, you don't even need a remote collar. Just use a bonker. No, and then bonk. A week old puppy, you scruff. Just grab it by the back of the, the neck, lift it up. 
Oh my God, that's terrible. No, you know what's terrible? What's terrible is having a full grown adult dog attacking you over a food bowl, attacking your child over the food bowl, attacking another dog over the food bowl. Those are the dogs that we get in. Those are the dogs that come to our seminar. And we fix that in about three seconds. But meanwhile, before it got fixed, owners were getting bitten, dogs were getting bitten, kids were getting bitten. So yeah, food guarding, you stop immediately. At the first sign of any sort of food guarding or resource guarding, you immediately stop. Like, boom, we're putting the kibosh on it. It's over. All right, guys, I did this show solo tonight. I got to get going. It's one hour in. Sorry for all the people I could not get to. Um, I will be in Patreon. I'll be in my Zoom room on Tuesday, and I'll be doing another show next Wednesday, and I will see everybody there, but I've got to head out. All right? Madly in love with you guys. I'm honored and blessed to have such a great audience, and you guys are killing it out there. Thank you so much, and um, everybody have a fantastic night. Okay? Bye-bye.